Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Box Set Pod 2021. Thank goodness that during a year of uh, a pandemic, the most unusual crisis to see the planet in 100 years, we have remained your dedicated friends, providing you lots of company, well-being, and recommendations of things to watch while you literally have nothing but a TV. Um, or have we? No, we haven't. Uh, we've been rubbish. Apologies as usual. It's been tough on us all. We've all been too busy watching TV to talk about TV. Um, and uh, joining us as usual is Jamie Atherton, who has a new Ooh. child. He's the main reason or slash excuse why we haven't been done a podcast for a while. How is the new baby going, Jamie? The, the child is uh, alive and well, sleeping like an absolute dream. I mean, talking nine hour sleep sessions, which is, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a parent, you know, that's insane. And uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. He's very. He's, he looks just like me. Um, so to behave like tough times well, ahead. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and joining us from London as usual is Matthew Wanless, who is who's greetings. Obviously, the salons are still open in London because Matt looks stylish at the moment. A real kind of this is um, just the result of not having a haircut for mm, eight months or something. I'd call it wilderness chic. What Matthew is styling at the moment. I'm very willing for it to be called that because what I would describe it is as is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um I realised that I bought some clippers during the first lockdown. You know when you couldn't buy clippers for love and money. I thought I'd been really clever and actually found some and spent seventy quid. Um I only realised last week that they were beard trimmers, which is why it was taking three hours for Sarah to cut my hair. <laughs> I went to Tesco and spent 20 quid on some actual clippers, and it's just come straight off in about five minutes. So, why don't you try growing a beard, Howell? You've never uh, had a beard, have you? Yeah, uni when I had to do a Chekhov term and I had to act in a Chekhov play, I, I grew a beard then, and, and it was just this kind of gingery itch. First, so, yeah, um, that is pretty really... much necessary for a checkoff play, isn't it? Yeah, the now, I, mm. I have some clippers, and the other day I was I was doing my beard, and then I looked at my hair, and like I've got these bits coming out over my ears, which kind of go out to the sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I hacked off a couple of those. That's um, it. it and then I, I, I really thought about going further. Like I really thought about getting like a sort of um, post-apocalyptic undercut along the sides <laughs> and letting my hair spill out over the top like a fountain yeah but, the, doc, uh, the doc brown I'm too much of a coward yeah um <laughs> and also joining us this week just for a chat is uh, mr russell goma who's been on the podcast Whey! hey guys um so we're we're, we're spanning probably a thousand miles between us now i would i would think well, we've got south wales involved as well um how are you, Russ? Yeah, and height. 
I'm probably mm. much higher than you guys are. Yeah. Above sea level, you know. Ross, Only what's, what's your level, what's your situation with um, as a, as an older man? Um, do you have to cut your hair as much? What's the what's the deal there? As as, as an older man, and yeah. me and the mayor, yeah, we like that. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't it doesn't matter any any which way. I can wear my hair, mate. An older it's man. relaxed around here in the uh, town council. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, well, listen. Um, we, we just had a, a brief chat before we started about what we've all been watching on TV. And there's not a lot of crossover. It seems to be, I would, I would theorize that what's happened is that during this incredible time for Netflix and online streaming platforms, we have splintered and we've, we've, we've dove deep into what's on offer. And as such, we haven't particularly got much crossover to talk about. Well, so what, what's interesting I've found, has anyone done much rewatching? I've done a lot of rewatching of stuff um, over the. A little bit of that's because I've been up at like three in the morning with a child, but some of it's because there has been, and I think this is obviously due to the lockdown, there's been less new shows, if you ask me. You notice this? There's less new stuff. No. Like a lot of shows have had to suspend production, such as Succession. So you're not seeing a lot of stuff out there. So I've rewatched quite a few things. Right. And I'd just like to bring up a couple of rewatches. Mm-hmm. I rewatched Sopranos, right? Wow. And it's obviously it's great, mm-hmm. but it is a very hard show to watch in a binge format because mm-hmm. it's very intense and violent and angry. And you kind of you kind of want Tony Soprano to die at times because yeah. he's quite it, it bring it's just that it's the kind of show that worked better in a weekly format, I feel. And uh, and then I watched Mad Men as well, which was just mm. unbelievably brilliant. It's the be- It actually it's gone up in my estimation after me watching it. Oh, so that, it's interesting how shows change over time. Mad Men's a great example of one that I think we we were waiting week for week or season for season at least. You know when it was going out, so there was a bit of waiting. And when you do put all of those together, it's a really good novel. It's a, it's mm. it works better compressed, I think. Um, but you're when right. You about say it. Binge, yeah. With the Sopranos, I think you know, Jamie. You're right there. It's uh, because the structure is. It's like you've got the vehicle where the um, psychologist has mm. to sort of uh, bear down on his problems that week, and his violence has to be ameliorated through her, as it were. And you need that. You need that. Otherwise, yeah, you'd think, yeah. Oh, come on. Just, Top yourself, you bastards. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Like, what, especially in the first couple of series, she is the way of getting into the humanity of him because yeah. he is such a monster in so many ways. But as you get into season five and six, and when you're watching it like two or three episodes a night, which I was, I did find myself just thinking, God, he is just a horrible man yeah. at times. <laughs> yeah, there is a real transition, isn't there? And uh, I, I mean, I was going to ask how, how much is a binge for you? Because we, we've been watching it and uh, we're on series five now. And it mm. is the, the turn is starting to happen where you start to hate him a bit more. Yeah. Uh, up until that point, I think you empathize with him when he's on the rise. But when he's at the top and he's just kind of keeping other people down and all the stuff mm. that happens with Christopher and Carmela, it's just uh, it, it's pretty relentless. But it's, it's un- also unrelentingly brilliant. Well. I wonder how much we've changed over time since it came out as well. Because uh, the one podcast that I've done recently on here, which I'm sure you've all listened to, is me and Helen from Empire Magazine did a podcast. And we were talking about Trump and 
the attack on fake news and the, the attack on mainstream media and stuff. And she, she kind of blames entertainment a little bit and says what we became obsessed with was the idea that the bad guy has a backstory and that the bad guy should always be felt sorry for. And The Sopranos was one of the first ones that kind of did that. And, and then you had Breaking Bad, which obviously took you from nice guy to bad guy. But, um, but yeah, we, we've got so used to that now that it's less of a novelty. And I wonder if watching it now, you get, you're starting to use more of your own personal judgment to go, no, actually, no, this guy is a dick and needs to like, be dramatically pay for his sins. Um, mm which before Trump and before the, before the world changed in the way that it did, where bad guys took over, um, we were a bit more kind of, oh, let's feel sorry for the bully. Yeah, um, maybe. I, I found as well with like, and I think this is the result of Trump as well, is that I find watching, I find more pleasure in watching shows or films where retribution is given to the bad guys, where the bad guys get shat on. Yeah. Like I've been watching the Equalizer films on Netflix with Denzel Washington quite a lot. And I think it's just because I want to see bad guys just get the shit yeah. beaten out of them because they don't do in real life. So, yeah, I think there's a truth to that. Which um, brings us swiftly to Cobra Kai. Um, so I've watched all of all three seasons of Cobra Kai, which, if you don't know what Cobra Kai is, it's, a, it's the latest iteration of... Well, it's the, it's the latest series, I suppose, of... Uh, the, the karate kid with Ralph Macchio playing himself and the other guy whose name I always forget playing Johnny. And the kind of premise of that is well, what if jo they're grown up now and Johnny, who was the bad, the enemy, um, he's not got a great life. Macchio is a bit of a dick now. And it's, it's a bit more nuanced than that. It's packaged like um, a, a very mainstream show, almost glee like in its in terms of its mainstream audience um but there's so much in there that like younger people just think it's embarrassing and cheesy and bad i think um i i'm watching it and i'm going this has got so much um 80s justice to it like the what you were just talking about it's almost soap opera like in its setups and its lilts but it's knowing about it and it's funny in how it does it. There's a real self-awareness of how cheesy they're being uh, and they're being both like uh, sincere and corny at the same time, um, which I just can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. So much fun. I think, uh, I, I, first of all, uh, Ralph Macchio's not playing himself, is he? He's playing Danny LaRusso. Sorry, that's who I meant, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Macho's back playing Danny is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I tried watching it and one of the things that stops me from carrying on was, you know, the guy William Zabka, isn't it, who plays the the arch villain character in Karate Kid. He's the Johnny. Johnny, is it? Yeah. He's not a very good actor, is he? Like he's quite oh. hard to watch at times, right? You find that? You're missing... I like, saw a couple of episodes that didn't get very far. Oh, you're missing yeah. classic. I mean, he's funny. Like, really, really funny. He's terrible. He's, is he a bad actor? I, I don't know if he is a bad actor or just... If you stick with it, you see that he's, he knows. He knows exactly what he's playing. And he's playing a guy who is now, in modern day, is way out of his depth in terms of everything woke 
he can't use Facebook. He doesn't know what the Facebook is. Um, he's just out of his depth with all of that stuff. Um, and there's just some lines in it when he's trying to get a kid who's trying to get a kid who's been paralyzed to like um, to move his legs again, trying to train him. And there's lines like, your legs are pussies. And he's shouting at him to try and shout at him to get going. And it's that kind of, um, you've got this one character in, in Danny LaRusso, who is Mr. Kind of trying to do right all the time and Mr. Great and Mr. Clean. And then you've got this other one who's just a fucking outdated, terrible um, bloke. It's really good. You just have to know that Will Smith produced it and Will Smith, doesn't produce things unless he kind of knows what the how it's going to be a good deal. Uh, if you stick it's with weird it, Jaden Smith oh. isn't in it. <laughs> yeah, <true>. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any Ross? That? No, I haven't. So uh, I haven't commented on that. Okay, well, it's anyway. on my list. Watch next. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting it should be in anybody's top twenty, but I'm saying it's a lot of fun if you get beyond that first couple of. Because I know, I know what you're saying first couple of episodes you're going what exactly is this and then when you submit to it and go okay just you're in the 80s and you're watching something just start from that point of view and it's, it starts to really roll and rattle and it's quite knowing it's interesting as, as you you brought up you know how much have we changed this this world and the style of things therefore that mm -hmm. we watch the writing has changed and the vehicle often i mean I remember you and I, uh, how we, we enjoyed the Norsemen. Yeah, yeah. Norsemen. And the, the pleasure of watching that is the, the middle-class sort of modern morals placed on top of the brutal Viking sort of society. Mm. Mm. Um, and as they're behaving with, you know, sometimes with chamomile tea and um, Sort of suggestions, yeah, and have a nice massage, you know, calm down. And but the address is Vikings and <laughs> and race that's, that's is gonna funny. follow, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 then of course, the other the other thing can happen as well, can't it? Where this new series, The Great, about Catherine mm. the Great on, on TV at the moment, oh, yes. And there's really um, just no there. everyone's watching different stuff, yeah. <laughs> What's that on, Ross? What do what channels are it's on? four on four okay and um l fanning or do you know my mind took, I, I am an old man as well as a, an older man as well as an alderman so yes i can <laughs> have difficulty remembering names what is that wonderful actor who plays the beast in the x-men Nick, nicholas holt Yes, that's it. Because... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. uh, the younger section of Beast Man. And, um, uh, and he, uh, well, he's, he plays uh, Peter in it. And, um, and she's called Elle Fanning. It's Catherine, soon to be Catherine the Great, who's, who's now married to him. Uh, surprise to her, but it was arranged. And, uh, and on the way to the uh, capital, in the coach, there's an incident with a horse, and the story's put about that she was taken by this this horse, you know. And of course, Catherine the Great in history did have a reputation of um, sort of enjoying beasts uh, from time to time, especially horses. Um, so wow, well, I mean, oh this is God. a history lesson for me. Yes, yeah. oh, like... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those little dark things about history that uh, spice it up a bit, you know, and needfully so. 
Um, but here wow. we, we have a court where everyone's dressed in finery, you know, fantastic stuff. And the architecture, uh, the wonderful architecture everywhere, inside and outside, gardens, and yet they behave like Norsemen. That's right. it's, it's turning on its head. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, mm. and, and really, you come to realize it's out of ignorance. It's not because he's mm. power mad or, or greedy. It's he's brought up as an emperor and knows no other way. And it's the ignorance of having to, to deal with. You can't yeah. reason with that. Because how can mm. he possibly know anything else? He's too incompetent to know anything. What, what it is to be incompetent. That's it. Um, and that's the yeah. root of some great comedy, but great characters anyway. Yeah. And, and the, you know, Cobra Kai is a very different thing from that. But the, it's so, it's, there's so much pleasure in watching a character who is allowed to be ignorant and get things wrong. You know, yeah. that doesn't have to be getting everything right. It, yeah. seems, it seems like we've entered a time when everybody's trying to get everything right. And it's lovely to see that again without them having to be kind of check it out i mean the style of yeah. the language is great because they, they swear modern swearing um and it's placed suddenly in amongst the the, the rest of the line and it, it's it not only is it funny it's very poignant because of that and shows things mm. up clearly yeah i give that a look that's so is, is it a comedy you're recommending that russell is a comedy is it the I, great? I, well, it's yeah it's, it's kind of yes yeah, a comedy it's um this kind of seemingly frivolous look it, it has the style of seeming seeming a frivolous look at that age and and mm. how Catherine the great rose to, to to make russia a lot greater than it than it than it was but of course it's not frivolous it uh, it just has that sort of style amongst all the frippery and all that but really bang in there i quite like it so um let's um you know let what should we should we just give a a little rec recommendation. Oh, Jamie, I've started watching The Americans, by the way. You've been telling us to watch that. Yes. Matthew Reese yes. and... Um, oh, yeah. What's, Kerry I watched Russell. the first series of that, and uh, it was, it's, it's okay, actually. Yeah. It's, it's a, a, it's a very bad. slow burn. It's a very slow burn, but it does burn. It, it's one of those that we feel like it's very easy to watch. We're engaged with it. It feels like a traditional TV show. And I'll be honest, it's got to that point where like, we know we have to carry on with it, but we're not opting to go to it every night because it, I, think I think it's being aware. It'd be a bit like going back and watching all of ER or something. Like you're aware that you're not really going to get any closure probably for another three series. How many series does it have? Quite a few. Five. It? I think it's five. Yeah. Um, so we're in, two, yeah, it, we're in series two at the moment. It gets really good. The performances are amazing. And yeah, it does take a little bit of time. but And you know you have to dedicate and invest in it. You can't just sort of... If you, you can't just watch it in the background or watch it lazily. It kind of has to be given a lot of focus. But it is really good if you do that. And it's well, worth the it. The is great. Matthew Reese is just, you know, obviously brilliant. And that there's it, it, with lesser actors, it wouldn't have been as good because it is still kind of quite procedural. You kind of have them going on missions and... But it's very much like sort of the British John le Carre kind of spy stuff. Yes, yeah. Real, you know, and, yeah. and like, yeah. yeah. If, it, if, it, if it's dramatic, then it couldn't help but be dramatic. A lot of it is quiet, boring, plodding yeah. stuff. Someone's yeah. mind to change about something. Yeah, and that's that's such different. a good way of explore of explaining it as well. Yeah, the John the Carry style is very like you're watching Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's yeah. that very slow but deliberate and dramatic in very kind of 
it just very sort of the the, the way the act, things that kind of develop the story develops rather than being very action and short you know quick cuts and explosions it's just the drama's underneath almost isn't it it's really good yeah it's quite unnerving i find that it's, it's so much more real i suppose and who ultimately is who you know mm. that kind of thing yeah was good to me. Um, no, I've got a lot of time for that with, with shows that embrace the mundanity of things that are otherwise portrayed to be very, very exciting. Okay, in which case, this is the time. Um, let's all make a recommendation, but this is the time for me to mention The Patriot to you. So I can't believe that none of us have, have come across this. I was expecting to be told that I was last to the, to the boat on this mm. one. Um, Patriot, like, it's had two series and then I think it got cancelled. It's got the kind of 9.3 ratings on IMDb, 90% Rotten Tomatoes. It's really good. Now, but it is, however, super stylish. It's somewhere between Wes Anderson and the Coen brothers, I would say, in its sort of pace. And it's, uh, it, it unfolds really slowly. And the conceit is, I can't remember the exact title, but I think they're NOs, not official officers of like the cia there are people who operate for the cia and if something goes wrong they get very little backup or defense they're sort of deep operatives kind of thing um and this is a guy who has to do that so the the conceit is that a an undercover cia type guy who has previously been um caught and kept in a box and had Don McLean, uh, um, what's the song? American, uh, American Pie. American Pie. Played yeah. on loop to him for two months, um, has been like tortured. He is back in the field and he's got to go and work at this supremely boring Milwaukee pipe company in order to be sent to Luxembourg in order to do a deal with Iran and to try and stop Iran getting the nuclear bomb. So he has to try and make himself part of the team at this like gray, awful company whilst secretly being a secret agent who has lost all, he's like quite dead behind the eyes. <laughs> he's, he's lost a lot of enthusiasm and the support that he's being given is like bureaucracy gone wrong. So for example, he's given a million dollars to take with him in a bag. And they're told you'll be flying private because that's what this company does. His intel was wrong on that. The support team got that wrong and he has to fly, fly commercial, which means that somebody in the process finds the bag, steals it, and he has to go and murder people in order to get the bag back. Like things just go wrong all the time. Meanwhile, he started playing folk music at like open mic nights and his. And he's just letting out everything that's happened to him in the day through song. So he started to become really honest about what he does, but only when he's a folk singer. <laughs> and it's almost like accidental that he's starting to basically give away CIA secrets whilst being this really good folk singer. It's, it's, it's not weird. It's just really, really good character, really good character comedy that goes dark and slow and you will, I think everyone on this screen will love being reeled in by it. I'm not saying that everybody on this screen who they, everyone who 
lives with the people on this screen will be reeled in in the same way. But I'm pretty sure that you're going to love it. It's, Sounds um, good, that. I love that, yeah. Oh, that's one of my good sound. No, yeah. Fantastic, man. It's on Dave. Amazon. What platform are we talking about? Amazon. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's on Prime. And um, the guy who plays him is just brilliant. He's a New Zealand fellow, I think. But he, um, it's... I just can't get enough of it. And sometimes it feels that sometimes the episodes feel long in that same way. Coen brothers and, and um, Wes Anderson. Sometimes you go, Hey, the styles like, come on, let's go a bit quicker. But, but the moments of comedy and the shit that it's, it's that basic premise of, if you get one normalish guy and then gradually throw more and more shit at him, is he going to explode? Like what's going to happen? as a result <laughs> trying to deal with like the middle management of a pipe company whilst also trying to stop Iran getting a nuclear bomb so, really good to see so yeah that's my recommendation give it a good go um i think the first episode is absolutely enough to judge whether or not you're going to enjoy it provided you watch the whole of the first episode four episode rule doesn't count on this you're gonna know i think okay i'll give that a, i will give that a look yeah Anyone else yeah. got a recommendation uh, as we... Um... Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, you go next one, Matt. Jamie. Matt's been right, neglected, okay. I think, so far. Go on. Uh, well, the, the, the one that I've been watching is The Expand. Um, oh, yeah. My cousin uh, turned me on to it, I don't know, a few months ago. and he, he had just finished Series 2 and was saying how good series two was and he was actually sort of saying uh, you, the only bad thing about it is you have to get through series one but um i started it sort of speculatively thinking i haven't watched a sci-fi that was any good I, in fact i think it's one of the sort of underrepresented genres in the recent renaissance of, of television um the only thing I've I've sort of enjoyed has been uh, Altered Carbon. I don't know if anyone saw that on Netflix. Yeah. About, about the only sci-fi I've watched. Um, and this is, I th I really think it's, uh, I recommend it very highly. I'm just coming up to the end of series three. And it's sort of, so that to, to give, give you a brief setting, it's like Earth in several hundred years time. I'm not sure exactly how many. Um, we've colonized Mars and various other little parts of the solar system. And uh, and there's now this kind of three-way divide in humanity between uh, people from Earth, um, people who live on Mars, and then this third faction of people who are kind of underclass, who are, uh, they call them belters. Uh, and they live in and uh, work in the asteroid belt, which has become a source of water. So they, they, they mine the asteroids out there for, for frozen water and then bring it back to other places that don't have a, a ready supply of liquid water like Earth does. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's got this kind of, unglamorous sheen about it which i really like it's not like a super um hyped up or um dystopian future it's you know it's it's not disastrous but it's also not like sort of hyper sexualized blade runner style kind of uh, thing it's and it the, the 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 vast majority of the plot line is kind of um 
political interplay between these kind of, it's this sort of Cold War state between Earth and the Martian colonies who have kind of cut themselves off from Earth and have gone hyper-technological. Like that Mars now has a, a much lower kind of population count, but they're, they're, they've got uh, advanced technology on their ships and their weaponry and their Marines. But Earth's got this kind of big, force and then the belters are kind of getting squeezed between the sides a little bit they're sort of impoverished they live their lives in zero gravity so they can't like there's this horrible scene early on where a belter is being tortured by being he's just like being hung up on a wall in gravity that he's not used to so all of his limbs are kind of stretching and getting all fucked up wow. and uh and 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 that's gravity is actually one of the things that i think separates it from anything else i've seen because there's so much zero G stuff in it and so many considerations. Like there's, um, there's a bit where someone gets wounded and it's like, a, obviously they've got advanced medical technology, but they are told that it's really bad because the ship's gravity has been knocked out and blood clots don't form. And so uh, just anything that caught you basically, everyone becomes, um, what's the Hem- word? When the blood- globin, hemophiliac. Yeah, hemophiliac. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, and then the the main thrust of the storyline is this. Um, I won't I, I won't talk about it too no, much. It sounds bloody sort of takes a while to come out. Do we need to but watch series one? Oh, definitely. You'd have to watch series one. There's so much like it, it, it's really good in that sense as well. The, the there are plot lines that start in series one which don't fully become reconciled until series three. I think, I, I'm, like, if I have to be critical about it some of the acting is not top notch mm-hmm. like the one mm-hmm. of the main guys in the show uh the only other thing i've seen him in is deep blue sea um so you know that tells mm-hmm. you the sort of caliber we're dealing with um but uh jared harris is in it i think he's the only other actor planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I recognize... Uh, to- Thomas like- James in it for a while. Who's that? Thomas Jane, he's in um, the, um, the the film The Fog and uh, a few other TV shows. He's a good actor. He's the guy who plays the detective who's uh, investigating it early on, the murders. Oh, that's who I'm talking about. The only thing I'd seen him in was Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I think like he's it. pretty ropey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, enough, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm up for that. We've got a choice to make here. We've got four minutes left on our uh, free recording session. Oh, Harold, have you got like budget Zoom? I've got premium. If, if have you? Want to keep on talking. Yeah. Um, well, do we do we keep on talking? Do we get Jamie's recommendation? And um, can you do it in four minutes, Jamie? Do a quickie uh, if you want. It's basically it's not even a big show. It was just it's been on recently. It's some one shots made me cry recently. It's it's a sin. And oh, it's the uh, yeah, Russell, yeah, yeah. Uh, Russell T Davis. Uh, you probably all seen it. It's on channel. No, four. I haven't seen it. I actually saw them filming it because they filmed it 
next to my classroom oh. that I teach at. <laughs> yeah. it's, filmed, I mean, filmed it on the uni campus. Yeah. It's brilliantly it's set in the 80s. It follows the rise of AIDS and how how this was so unknown. And it's very much mirrors our the coronavirus rise and everything like that. But it's also a very moving depiction of how this eats away at this community that's building up in the 80s, especially in, in London where it's set. And you meet this variety of characters. The show itself was really hard to make and BBC turned it down, ITV turned it down. And Channel 4 eventually said yes. And it's only five parts. It's just really powerful though and really funny as well. And the great, you know, Russell T. Davis is a very good writer, we all know. Mm. And it's, he's able to sort of like make this moving, but also a really interesting sort of comedy in places uh yeah so i really recommend it it's only five episodes it gives you a real understanding of what they went through and also the characters aren't all completely sympathetic either so it's not just like it's a very much and i feel like it's very personal to him a lot of his friends were caught up in that i think in that world uh when it was when it, things were happening like that so it's really it's worth a watch definitely it's a sin five episodes what was the um serpent did anyone watch the serpent no, on BBC. No, yeah, that. no. uh, that's a good one as well. Uh, Russell, we've got two minutes. Um, you can have sixty seconds to make a rec- recommendation if you like. Well, I, I just I'm under withdrawal symptoms all the time now because mm-hmm. I I need to see Better Call Saul. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, it's just left me hanging, man. It, it got very good. It got very. <laughs> and you also think, you know, it's because because it's before the Breaking Bad mostly mm. it comes before mm. in chronological order well you've got some characters who are really teetering now and getting older and um you look yeah. much older now than yeah. they do <laughs> they did 20 yeah. years ago yeah um so hmm. so well, hurry up guys that's what i'm saying oh um <laughs> apple apple tv look um have done the film palmer starring justin timberlake this is an excellent excellent film and it's kind of similar if you want to watch a similar one with Shia LaBeouf to Peanut Butter Falcon, which is on Netflix. Those are two films that I've watched in the last pandemic that has been really, really, really excellent. Peanut Butter Falcon. Can I make a recommendation myself? Because I, I missed out on that. This is just for uh, magical fantasy fans, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I, I can take that or leave it. But The Witcher, I quite enjoyed watching that. Yeah. Oh, I've enjoyed The Witcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, good. Okay. it's an, sort of iconic, like, um, shots and uh, Cavill. The, yes. So fantastic. Uh, the, the sort of this strange creature, you know, the the, uh, the Witchers are well, half, half human. Sort of. I think what we've done there is given you a, a real good little uh, smorgasbord of tapas to dip into and we're going to try and do that for ourselves and then maybe we'll begin to get some more order by next time um everyone solemnly swear that you'll try and watch one of those recommendations and then we'll have some crossover next time consider it done so so sworn yeah so sworn thank you everyone and uh, as usual you can email us uh, by going to theboxsetpod.com which will take you to a different website actually now but uh, and that's that's where my cheap ass zoom ran out <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's just me, Howell, left. And I think I can say on behalf of all of us, thank you and goodbye. <laughs>